All right. Well, that was fun. Now it's time to get into the main part of the show. We watched a few episodes actually last week of Adam West Batman TV series. But, of course, we had to talk Star Wars last week. Of course. Which took up the whole show. Um, all right. So we watched two full episodes, four, or I guess four, four episodes. First two, 13th Hat, Batman Stands Pat with the Mad Hatter. And the second two, Joker Goes to School. He meets his match, the Grizzly Ghoul. So starting with the uh, Mad Hatter episodes, um, okay, one, the Mad Hatter is one of my favorite lesser-known Batman villains. That's right. Big, big fan of the Mad Hatter. This is not that Mad Hatter. No, this this is... This is a very different Mad Hatter before he kind of got repurposed and became a very creepy character with dreams and uh, mind control and a lot of other stuff. This one, yeah. he's got a hat with eyes that puts people to sleep for a few minutes. That's but, that's what he's got. And he's actually obsessed with hats. Like Right, which makes total sense. Sure. This is but not it, the Alice in Wonderland Mad Hatter character. This is literally mad he's mad about hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very on the nose. Which is fantastic. Um sure. So yeah, this episode, uh you, you see a bunch of people, well, their hats start getting taken but but then they get taken as well sure um which is which which is my favorite part of this episode the fact that people keep getting kidnapped but they always act like they stole the hat and then the person how would they know they took the hat and <laughs> then the person yeah i know I when guess you just all... think people are getting kidnapped yeah but that's not the way it's talked about it is like, literally just talked about as, oh, they stole a hat and the person's gone. Yeah, it's like all these people are known specifically for wearing a certain type of hat. Which is true. You know, you got a chef sure. that starts off. That's what we see. And we see that his uh, little machine, which is called the Super Instant Mesmerizer, that's inside the top hat of the Mad Hatter. And again, the top pops open and little eyes come out and they shoot little light beams at people and they put them to sleep. Yeah. Uh, very effective. So of course, you know, we got the uh, police commissioner and the chief and they're, you know, they're they're talking about these these crimes, this crime wave going on. And uh, you know, they they know that there's nothing that they can do about it. Yeah, and with all scene. these people with the their, you know, the hats are getting taken. Again, people never care about the fact that these people are getting kidnapped. It's all <laughs> about the hats are being taken. Yeah. Somehow they know that. Um and you know, that's the big concern. So anyway, of course, they know it must be the Mad Hatter, a.k.a. Jervis Tetch, because he's been released on parole, so of course it has to be him. So they call Batman. They, of course, come come by. They have to sneak out from Aunt Harriet, who's going out to some Gotham City tea tasting, like society tea tasting. So, yeah. you know, they have to come up with a nice, nice alibi. Um, um, alibi there, that's for sure. And uh, so they run off to the headquarters, and he's telling them about the hat-related incidents. And um, so, you know, of course, the hats are the most important thing. We really need to stop this hat-stealing crime wave. <laughs> I guess save the people, too. Yeah, I guess if there's time, we'll, we'll <laughs> save the people. Um, let's see. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Okay, and of course we find out that Batman was a uh, uh, 
one of the main witnesses in the case of Jervis Tetch, which helped put him away. And, of course, we find out that um, the Mad Hatter is doing this because, well, he's kidnapping all the people that were on the jury that convicted him. But what he has is in his little lair a replica like jury box set up with a bunch of dummies dressed (laughs) as the people, and he's stealing the hats and putting them on the dummies. You gotta have those. But we don't see the people for a while. Yeah, no, I mean, they're all, like, in a room. But, yeah, it's mainly just a replica of the whole jury courtroom. But, but yeah, he, he, he like, stashes all the people in the closet. But, yeah, he puts all their hats on the dummies because I guess that's the important part. Right, right. It's all about show with these villains. Um, sure. And, apparently, he has 11 of them, just two more to go. He needs the 12th juror, and he needs Batman's cowl. Um, and, of course, there's another like bad evil girl who's always with the, with the villains. Yep. And, um, so, and then he shows off this like death trap he made, which I still have no idea what any of the stuff does. It's, it's apparently supposed to be like stuff to make hats, but it doubles as like like a killer traps. Yeah. Cause I mean, at one point there's just like machetes like chopping down. So, right. Which I don't, again, I don't know how this stuff makes hats, but (laughs) Maybe it does. Um, so, of course, these are the actual jurors, and his plan is to ransom them all. And what he wants, though, is the collection of all the president's hats, which is on display at the museum, worth millions of dollars. I mean, it probably Ian, would be. have you ever heard of a display of all the president's hats before? Uh, no, because the only president I can think of who's known for wearing a hat is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I didn't think maybe Teddy Roosevelt. Um, sure. Maybe well, I'm sure Washington. Like, I mean, everyone did wear a hat because yeah, at one not... point that was a part of fashion, but it wasn't like this known part of a president. No, like, I, I can't imagine like a, a collection of all the powdered wigs, you know, the early ones wore, but like, yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. Lincoln's boiler. Okay. Uh, other than that, I mean, who knows? But yeah. apparently there's a lot of them, and they're worth a lot of money, and they're okay. worth displaying. So that that's what he's going for. Um, I, and uh, actually, I was wrong. He hadn't gotten 11 yet because he has still has to kidnap the other lady. Yeah, he has but, to kidnap um, the, the hat lady and then the sculptor. No, right. So, oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't capture the sculpture. Well, he yeah, that's the next one. Yeah, well, he yeah, never no, actually no, 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 but that's not, that's not a hat, I don't think. I don't think he... Was kidnapped. Oh no, that's oh. that's that's just how he was going to get the cow. Right, that's right, right, right. Um, so anyway, they they uh, they're they're um, Batman and Robin go to the last place a hat was taken, which was at some event where the fire chief was taken. Again, they never say the word kidnapped ever. It's always they took oh, the yeah. hat and the fire chief. Yeah, you're right. And you uh, so they talk to this very very smart hat check girl <laughs> man um every woman in the show is just the biggest idiot but um yeah, it's I mean, even say it a couple of times like they yeah, even call yeah. them like idiots it's like it's not blunt they yeah that's true but but also it's never their fault for that's anything true. which we'll get into yeah, more like in, taking advantage of yeah. right which we'll get to more in the next episode also but um so he's talking with her and she says how there were multiple people there and I don't really know how that helps them, but anyway, they <laughs> they realize that there was a sighting of the Mad Hatter at this other place, Mason Magda, um, 
and it's a hat shop where actually the 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 bad the bad girl actually works there, but they don't know that she's that at the time. Yeah, Madam Madam Magda was also on uh, on the jury, so they take that and. Lisa then hands Batman this business card that the that the uh, kidnapper apparently dropped, and of course they have to take it back to the Batcave and analyze it. Now throughout the whole time, I didn't write this stuff down, but the dialogue in this episode is another. Uh, it's just brilliant, um, as well as it normally is. Not sure. I mean, I, I in one of the reviews I was reading, the guy was great. He was talking about how he feels like this was a bunch of Shakespearean writer rejects. <laughs> trying trying to fit that into this show and that's exactly okay. what it feels like yeah i can see that now and i would not want it any other way no so they go back they check the the card and of course on the on it has the name of a sculptor Octa, octave marbot or marbo marbo yeah who uh is making a statue of batman now this is the best part he's <laughs> making a statue of batman to put in the prison to inspire the prisoners to do better. Hey, I mean... I don't think that's what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure putting a sculpture of the person that put you in the prison is going to make you hate them even more. That's just Uh, my hunch with this. So again, um, the... uh, Oh man, what is his name? We've seen him a couple of times. The the prison warden. Uh, Gordon Creighton. He has got to be the smartest person in all of Gotham City with these yeah, he, these prison reform tactics. They he, really, really, there. really work. And yeah. it's definitely not true that every time a prisoner is released, they immediately commit crimes. Definitely yeah. does not happen. Uh, no. So anyway, so he's that that's how they know who this guy is because he Batman's been uh, standing for this sculpture, and uh, so they go over to there or they go over there and we see Mad Hatter uses mesmerizer on um Marbo uh, Marbo yeah and then Man he poses. takes the, yeah then he yeah. takes his uh takes his spot and with a very convincing disguise with the his red hair wig just hanging out black eyelashes yep exactly um so Batman comes in and he's you know posing and Batman and Robin have no idea. And he's talking about how he needs to like redo the cow. So he needs Batman to hand him his cow. <laughs> uh, but but he doesn't want to be obvious about it. So he says, Oh, of course not here. Like, over in the dressing room. And then have have Robin bring it out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. And he's also doing the best French accent since um Steve Martin in the Pink Panther. <laughs> yeah. That's about right. <laughs> and uh so they go in there and Batman realizes now that well first he agrees and they go into the dressing room but then Batman realize he uh tells Batman that he knows this is actually Jervis Tetch because with the real Marbo he did the cow first and first. said it was his best he was really happy with it so why would Makes he sense. want to do it again you know very yeah. smart thinking yeah he remembers a very good deducting or deducing there from uh, from the Cape Crusader so instead Oh, they also find the uh, tied-up actual Marbo yeah. in, in a closet right next to the room, which I think is a brilliant idea. If you're going to yeah. kidnap a guy, put him inside the dressing room where you're going to send Batman. Yeah, seriously, like take him, take him outside or somewhere. Come on. Yeah, really, really good idea. <laughs> so instead, Batman 
pops back out. Um, I, 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 again, just love the fact that Batman didn't figure out that this was Jervis Tetch from the obviousness that it's Jervis Tetch, but that he messed up on asking for the cow again, which is... Which <laughs> I mean, is had to be some way. Yeah. So he comes back out, and of course a fight ensues, and uh, uh, so they're about to... T- they take down the thugs, and they're about to grab Jervis Tetch, and uh, he, but he, what, this is what happens. Uh, again, a great, <laughs> great sequence of events. So, Jervis Tetch is standing there. Robin stands behind him. He does not go after him. Oh, repeat, yeah. He does not go after him. He just stands behind him for a solid 30 seconds. And Jervis Tetch tries to do his mesmerizer, mesmerizer, whatever, on yeah, Batman. Sure. But Batman pulls out his. A mirror. Uh, no, no, it is not a mirror. It oh, is right. a bat's. Uh, reflector gadget something he has it's at least four words in the name of of it uh but yeah it's it's a mirror (laughs) and it reflects it away but right at robin who is standing behind jervis tetch and just never decided to either move or attack him or anything or duck yeah or duck so he he gets mesmerized falls down and batman is just devastated now we've already seen what this thing can do it knocks you out for about a minute right that's it it doesn't do much, but Batman is which, acting like he just froze him with the with like Mister Freeze's freeze gun, and he has yeah, thirty yeah, yeah. seconds to dethaw him, or he's gonna die. That's the way <laughs> Batman's reacting to this. Sure, yeah, he cares for Robin, you know. Sure, but like he could just punch the Mad Hatter who's standing right next to him. Sure, instead, and it's not like Robin gets knocked out in like every episode too. Right, so it's really not that big of a deal, <laughs> and uh, but no, not only does he just go to Robin. He then just loses all strength, I guess, because Mad Hatter just throws him into the wall. Mad Hatter's pretty scrappy in this episode. He yeah. fights later on. He does. He does. As far as the villains go, he he puts up more of a physical fight than most of them. So far, yeah. Uh, but he puts him into the wall, which happens to be right underneath a uh, hardening plaster dispenser, which I'm sure is exactly the way plaster is dispensed. And it's also the so. perfect height for Adam West, like right yep. underneath him, and, or right above him. And then, of course, they pull the lever, and that just drenches Batman in wet plaster, and it hardens around him immediately. And he's 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 a goner. No yeah, chance. Yeah, suffocate. Yeah. No chance there. So uh, that's where the first episode ends, and a nice little cliffhanger there. Batman is stuck in the hardening plaster. How in the world could he possibly escape? Um. So the next episode. That's where we find Batman, and uh, Mad Hatter is forcing Marbo to start <laughs> shipping away at the formed plaster so that he can get a mold of the cow. Um, and this whole time, we never see Robin. So the whole time, we're like, "Where, where is Robin? Yeah. He was just standing right there." And he—that's the other thing. When the he plaster gets dropped on, yeah. he was already awake yeah, and like so really freaking out. It was literally like a minute, and then he could still get up and do something, but he uh, doesn't. I guess he's, like, just frozen in fear because Batman is, like, suffocating. <laughs> so we find out after, like, five minutes when the next episode starts, we finally find out where Robin is. And he's tied up to a horse. <laughs> on top of a horse. You're right. Like, sitting on top of a horse, like, laying on it, tied up. And um, and then, of course, a thug gets sent out to go steal the Batmobile. Because they're always trying to steal the Batmobile, which is a terrible idea. Yeah, you um, think they'd learn. The anti-theft device. It's foolproof. Brilliant. But uh, so Batman, all of a sudden the statue starts moving. And then all of a sudden who breaks out of the statue but Batman himself. Breaks out of it 
and uh, Mad Hatter and his goons are, are running away to to go to the uh, to the Batmobile. And as they went out, Robin, you know, they they free they free Robin, and he's like, Batman. I mean, we've gotten out of tough places before, but I mean, that really was just impossible. How in the world could you have gotten out of there? And he goes, well, it's quite simple. I uh, held my breath. <laughs> All right. Yeah, baby. I love that. I love that so much. It's just like, nah, he just held his breath. Now, <laughs> we know, thanks to Tom Cruise, that you can hold your breath for like 15 minutes. Oh, absolutely. But this was not 15 minutes. This was definitely longer than that. Because Marvel mean, yeah, had been chipping that thing for a while when we came yeah. back. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't know what the longest recorded breath holding is, but I, I'm willing to bet that Batman has it. I, well, true, but I don't know if it's like half an hour. Like, it, it had been. It yeah, I don't know if while. like the human lungs can even, like. I don't think so, that. but you know, no. if anyone could, Batman could for sure. That's true. It was like, it, it, like, not even like they had like little Jedi breathing apparatus that like he put in at <laughs> last minute. It's literally. No, I just held my breath. Yeah, no, he just, he, yeah, not even a bad thing. Just He just can hold, hold his breath. <laughs> so, you know, the thugs and the Mad Hatter are going to get away in the Batmobile, but, of course, that anti-theft device, it oh, yeah. gets him every time. Little, little, little false, the little false start button, uh, little, uh, na- like, plate that they put under the actual anti-theft device, and it makes the Batmobile shoot off fireworks. That's really all it does, but... I mean, just draw attention, you know? Yeah, but it works. It does. So, uh, you know, they they uh, get out and they go to the Batcave. And the Hatter had mentioned that the cowl was his 13th hat. Now, this is the other brilliant thing with Batman in this episode. Not one time do they think to cross-reference the victims and try and figure out who or why these people are being taken or what connection they Good have. Point. They never yeah. try that once. Um, World's Greatest Detective really does not apply to this episode. Um, so they're trying to figure out, they realize he was going to be the 13th hat. And so apparently six other people have been reported as being kidnapped. You, you there? Oh yeah. Okay. For some reason it made a weird noise. Um, oh. all right. So six, six, they know six people have been kidnapped or, uh, they know that like five people have been kidnapped and then they find out just from randomly calling the police. Oh yeah. Apparently six more people. Have also been kidnapped. And it's like, oh, that would have been nice yeah, to might know. Yeah, relevant. <laughs> but uh, so now there's been 11 people kidnapped. And, of course, it's always along with their hats. Yeah, Again, I have to mention that. Don't know how they know. They're taking the person. I mean, why aren't we talking about all their shirts that have gone missing? <laughs> we don't know. But anyway, uh, so they're trying to figure out. So and he had said that there's going to be one, there's one more person. So they know it has to be 12 people. Right. And of course, what comes in twelves? And the first donuts. answer, donuts. <laughs> obviously, that was my favorite part. That that's what Robin blurts out. What comes in twelves? Donuts. He's not wrong. <laughs> he's not. He's not wrong. Um, and, and and they still can't figure it out. There's too many answers, so they have to look up look it up on the bad computer again. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just not very smart. Um, and then they finally figure out that it's going to be jur- that it's got to be jurors. Um. And then, of course, that means it must be the jurors at his trial, right? And so that's way that's the way that's the way they're gonna find out who the final victim is. And that's another great part. Final victim's name is Turkey Bullwinkle. Yeah, come on, <laughs> awesome, awesome name. Even for this show, that's an awesome name. 
Who owns a bowling alley? Yes, of course, a bowling alley. Yeah. And so now, instead of Batman and Robin staking out the bowling alley, waiting That's for cool. the Mad Hatter to appear and thus apprehending him, or sending Bruce Wayne, as they did back in the Penguin episode, right. to maybe go there and plant a bug on a Bowwinkle or something. No, they have to send Alfred over there, which is hey, awesome. Al- Freaking yeah, Alfred. Alfred is awesome. Hey, funny because to do something. I know. He gets the Alfred go undercover for the first time in this show. And he has to go to the bowling alley and put a tracer on the hat of Bullwinkle. So, of course, he d- he does what any upstanding British butler would do and poses as a genealogist. <laughs> with this just stupidest reason to try and see a hat you could possibly come up with. And credit to freaking Turkey Bullwinkle. He realized that this is really dumb. Why yeah, in the world does. would you need this? <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's, like I'll give him Alfred, credit, man. He's probably the smartest person in this episode, to be honest. He might be, yeah. He's pretty bright. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so he's not going to let him see it, so Alfred's having trouble there. But then Lisa, the, the evil henchwoman, henchwoman, arrives. Yeah. And uh, she distracts Bullwinkle, you know, because she's, because she's, you know, she's hot, and says that he won some contest... Uh, as to some hat contest or something that he didn't like even enter. Men's fashion. Yeah, yeah, some ridiculous reason too. And uh, and Jervis Tetch is sitting there and like in the phone booth waiting for him. <laughs> and so then she like does this, when, he, when she finally finds out it's in his office, she like does this very discreet scratch the back of my head and point up. Upstairs. And so Jervis Tetch, of course, heads up there. Now, Alfred, being the smart person that he is, has already gone up there once Lisa came. And he's going to plant that bug, which is the biggest bug in the history of bugs. I mean, it is like a boomerang, and it's yellow, and it's labeled bat, like, transmitter or something. And he, like, beeps. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes there, puts it in the hat bend, or in the hat band. Brim, yeah. yeah, and uh, he gets out of there just in time before Jervis Tetch comes up there. It doesn't get caught. And he takes the hat, comes back down, confronts Bullwinkle, who of course knows who he is, because um, he's the one who helped put him away, one of the jurors. Right. And uh, they struggle a little bit, and that of course knocks the hat off, which of course the ginormous tracer Giant. is going to fall <laughs> out. And uh, Hatter then mesmerizes Bullwinkle, and he realizes he's going to now set a trap for Batman. Of course. Of course, he's he's pretty smart. Another thing I like about this villain is this is the first episode where the villain actually has a real motivation for something. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like I mean, he actually revenge. has motivation. It's revenge for getting put away. So you yeah. know, it uh, totally makes sense. It's not I'd just like a villain for villain's sake. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. So of course, dynamic duo show up at the hat factory, and uh, but of course when they burst in, the Mad Hatter is ready for him and the thugs kind of get the drop on him and they, they got him at gunpoint. The other thing is, did you notice when they first come in, Batman like talks to the fake jury like they're real people? Yeah. What was that about? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he actually thought they were real people or not. They can't be. No. They had the hats on. I don't know. It was dark they, in I'm there. A, maybe that's what they were implying. I don't know. I, I don't know, but it was very weird and funny. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so they let a gun point over the hat factory. There's a bunch of hats on the wall. And then we have the best moment maybe in the history of Batman. Oh. Where 
Batman grabs, I don't know if it's a scarf or like a wrapped turban. It's got to be a scarf. It looks like a scarf. Pulls it off the wall. And somehow that not only knocks the Mad Hatter to the ground, but it knocks the guns away. Ian, I mean, I've never seen a more impressive use of something by Batman. He grabs a scarf and whipping the scarf, knocks a man down and knocks guns out of hands. I mean, that's the most Batman move ever. It is. He's like freaking John Wick with a pencil. Good grief. It's incredible. <laughs> it's got to be the most amazing achievement anyone has ever had. Oh, yeah. Because um, that scarf is not weighted or anything. It just kind of flutters around. But it, he, Batman's so strong, he can use a scarf to n- knock people down. It's like Jason Bourne with like, that, uh, that bathroom towel when you find <laughs> the one guy. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, so then, of course, a big fight happens. Robin is like in trouble like the entire time. He's like on the conveyor belt. Yeah, he's like he's put on the conveyor on belt, and then he's almost thrown into like the acid. And but Batman saves him every time, and he eventually knocks Mad Hatter into the acid cleaner. But it's not really that dangerous because he comes really out and he and he's fine. Yeah. And then they they take him away, and you know, Batman, Batman wins, yay! <laughs> well, then the the police show up right at the very end. Oh yeah, as always. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, pretty, yeah. The the acid thing really—I don't think it did anything. Like, like I don't think the, so either. the Mad Hatter like wasn't even like a different color or anything. But it just kind of got him wet. I, I guess he can't really have the villain on the show like being boiled alive, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially Mad Hatter, especially our first time seeing him. Right, exactly. Um, be a little gruesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. I finally found it. Here we go. It's called the anti mesmerizing bat reflector. Okay. That's the mirror that Batman picks up so that that's pretty awesome that's he pretty might awesome. made it yeah he might made it when he heard about all the people being mesmerized you know which makes sense you know sure that, that makes yeah sense. that's something he would do um there's another it's another great moment um uh with the uh the hat check girl who's definitely hitting on batman of course but totally just stonewall just yeah no no response whatsoever which is you know that's typical Typical Batman here, which is, you know, he's above all that. Uh, David Wayne plays the Mad Hatter, and he's awesome. Really good, In these episodes, just perfect. Over the top, physical, um, everything about it is great. It's perfect 60s Batman show performance. And he comes back in season two as well for two more episodes as the Mad Hatter, so... Oh, well, wow, see him again. Yeah, I know. I know. A lot of the... I'm telling you, they use so many different villains that... They do. People aren't really in it all that much. Even the main villains are only in like six or seven episodes total. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Some other trivia things. Um, for the first time, both the voiceover and the text says same bat time, same bat channel at the end of the cliffhanger. Huh. They had kind of messed that up each time where the text will say something different. Than oh, the yeah, that's right. So this is the first time they finally get that down. Uh, this episode takes some parts from Detective Comics 230 uh, by Bill Finger and Sheldon Maldoff and uh, Batman 161 um, and Batman 49. So those three different episodes have pieces that were used, or those three different comics have pieces that were used for this episode. Um, let's see, the Mad Hatter is based on the second vi- Batman villain to call himself the Mad Hatter, 
who huh. first appeared in 1956 in Detective Comics 230. And uh, um, and he even uses the same name as the original Mad Hatter. The original Mad Hatter appeared in Batman number 49 in 1948. Um, and then later, it was revealed that the second Dervis Tetch was an imposter and the original took the moniker back. And uh, the second Hatter recently appeared as Hatman in Batman 700. So kind of confusing origin there of the different, uh, different Mad Hatters. Um, let's see. The girl who plays Lisa, she comes back in the Green Hornet crossover episodes. Oh. Piece of the action in Batman Satisfaction as, as a different character. So she will come back. So just some interesting trivia things there. But yeah, pretty solid episode overall. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Mad Hatter is great. You're right. He actually has motivation, like personal motivation, unlike every other villain we've seen so far. But yeah, other than, you know, the weird kind of moments where Batman and Robin don't really think like Batman and Robin, it's, it's still a really good episode, I think. Yeah, it's definitely Batman and Robin are not on their toes in this episode. And actually, they even mentioned that after they realized about the and jury. Batman says something about how could I have been so stupid like these things. Yeah. And it's like they even acknowledge it. It was just an off day. Hey, everybody has them. They do. They do. It's realistic. It is. All right, so that's that episode. Moving on. Next two episodes, we got the Joker back, and it's the Joker goes to school, and he meets his match, the Grizzly Ghoul. Why couldn't they have just called it, like, he meets the Grizzly Ghoul, or the Grizzly Ghoul, or if they have to rhyme it? Why'd they have to do the actual... I don't even understand that second title at all. It makes no sense. It's dumb to think about. Um, but, uh, okay. So, these are very strange episodes. Yeah, I, I still don't quite fully understand. I have no idea. What okay, cool. I have no idea what these episodes are about. Because it starts off with... Like, yeah, you, you can do the uh, rundown of this one. I mean, I'll try. Uh, I had it on in the background as I was unpacking, but... uh. It starts off. We see college, or we see high school, uh, Dick's high school. Right, um, Woodrow yeah. Roosevelt High School. <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> blended now, two presidents. Were they just fans of two different presidents and couldn't figure out which one they wanted to use, or do they not know the actual names of of presidents? We, uh, we'll never know. I, I think it's more why like couldn't they, they just call it Gotham Cent like High? Like why? Yeah, that, why that, 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 that would have been the, the reasonable choice. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's not even that's not even the best high school name in this episode, though. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That caught me off guard. Um, but no, we we see like a like physical education. You know, we got the basketball team doing their thing. Uh, Dick is lifting weights with some guy. It looked like the, I don't know if that was a gym teacher or what, but I'm not. I don't. Th- it's not a gym teacher. Yeah, he he looks very old though. But uh, and then that's we see true. the the cheerleading squad, which is only three cheerleaders uh, practicing. <laughs> And so they get done practicing, and uh, I guess the chief of the cheerleading squad, uh, Susie. Now, also, uh, Dick is a big fan of Susie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dick's got a thing. I mean, she's a pretty girl, of course. You know, he's, of course. You know, of course, obsessed with the head, head cheerleader. You know, that's always a cliche. But, uh, sure. yeah, so they get done practicing, and, and she recommends that they get something to drink. So they walk over to a milk machine. Yeah, they don't get water or nope. anything like that. No, soda. Milk. No. That's milk. the perfect thing to get for a physical practice. We learned yeah, that from Anchorman. That's what I love after I've working out. Yeah, milk was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is like one of the all-time greatest lines ever. Oh, although 
after you run, uh, chop of milk is like one of the greatest things you can have. I, I don't found believe that, out. that. It is. It helps a lot. I don't believe lot. it. It is. I hear that trust all the me. time. It's made up by the chocolate milk company. No, trust me. I started doing it, and it, it, for whatever reason, it feels great. But anyway. Okay. Uh, well, fair, oh, fair enough. Well, that doesn't matter, because when they go to get their milk, it uh, dispenses silver dollars. Yeah. Everyone so, scream. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess. But Two-Face would be a huge fan. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking about that the whole He's time. He's not in this uh, show, though. No. Um, and then, like, yeah, it's it's weird because it's it's like the first ATM if you think about it. <laughs> it really is <laughs> way ahead of its time. But no, so everyone's freaking out about it. Um, I forget. Are there and then there are other she- machines in the school that go haywire too, right? Yeah, a uh, little later though. But that's the what best, I thought. Yeah. The best part is okay. So a milk machine is giving kids silver dollars. Sure. No crime. No. Why? Why is that? Has yeah. happened. Why is that? A- at most, the company would like be called or do something yeah. to fix it or something. At yeah. most, you call like, you know, uh, a handyman or you call the the company. Like yeah. at at absolute most. But no, the police are informed of this for some reason. Not only. Has a crime not been committed and the police are called? They immediately think it's the Joker. Yeah, that I. Why? That didn't come to me. I'm like, did he use silver dollars in no. the earlier episodes? No, he did not. There's I, no I, reason for this to be suspected er, to be the Joker. Absolutely none. Yeah, that that was definitely confusing. So, uh, <sighs> of course, I guess they called Batman right after that. Yeah, so they call Batman, and of course we have a politician there. Wanting Bruce Wayne Wayne to uh, run for mayor. Um, they also he also briefly mentions about water shortages and regular blackouts. Now this <laughs> is literally a throwaway thing here, but keep a hold of that because it'll come back later. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was confused about that. Now I okay. Now I get it. Right. Um, it's not done well. Yeah, like you know, there's a way to use foreshadowing as a very good plot device and movies. Yeah, the rule of threes. This yeah. is not the way to do it. Yeah. Mm. Um. All right. Uh. So apparently they ask him every every election to run, and he always declines. Um. Hey, uh, Thomas Wayne did it in the Joker. <sighs> we don't talk about that either. Um. So anyway, uh. But the bat phone is goes off, so he's got to take off now. Dick, of course, is not there because he's that's weird. We already saw him earlier. So for the first time, we see Batman go alone. And you'll notice they don't show the Batmobile drive up to the police yeah. headquarters. They just show the Batmobile already there. Yep. Because, of course, they only they have one shot shoot. of it. And yeah. it's with them both. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, so he goes up and Gordon is showing him some stuff. Showing him that Joker was released from prison or, or you know, a week ago. And... Apparently, he bought this one-armed bandit novelty company. Now, all this would be a nice way to maybe think of why the Joker would have something to do with this. Again, if there was a crime being committed. Yeah. But 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 there's not. No. I mean, if anything, like people are benefiting from this I mean, vigilante at most. Right. Like giving uh, to the poor or whatever. So, apparently, the people who installed the machines, they have clean records and they're just as confused. Um, as everyone else, which makes no sense, but sure. Uh, 
and then they get a call from the principal, which another favorite part of this principal's name, principal Schoolfield. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, not a lot of creativity there. It's like they didn't even try. Um, nah. And apparently now a different machine, a candy machine, is dispensing negotiable stocks and bonds. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Which I do like that they just went for the total upper echelon of... Like, how is that even possible? <laughs> no one knows. Um. Uh, so Batman, uh, it says that he you know, needs to call a meeting with the student council and, of course, with the president. Which just happens to be... Richard Grayson, yeah. um, and and he's gonna rush over there because he thinks there might be some. And because even Commissioner and the Chief are like, why in the world would the Joker be giving this? And Batman's like, you know, it might be. I think I have an idea. And but he doesn't say anything at all. He just kind of says that and leaves. Yeah. Because I'm sure they didn't know at this point in the episode. Probably not. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so Dick is, of course, at the principal's office with the rest of the student council. Susie is one of them because she's yep. the head cheerleader, and apparently head cheerleaders are part of the council. But not yeah. any other head sport people, just head That's cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other characters apparently are Pete and Herbie, which are great names. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're all arguing that, you know, why could be getting free money from a vending machine be a bad thing? And what's the point of school? Because, you know. Everyone's apparently goofing off in school. It's anarchy. Everything's going crazy. Free money. Why would anyone study? Which oh, gosh. Yeah, make no any need sense. to go to college. It doesn't make any sense. No, but no, uh, no. Dick then argues that they're actually supposed to be student leaders, and, you know, they, they, they know better than this. We can't be yeah, he's delving into this. <laughs> he's the ultimate square. But they're trying to is play that... it off as the squares are cool, which is the best yeah. part. I know. Yeah, yeah, he's that kid who reminds the teacher when she forgets about a test. He 100% is that kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Susie thinks, well, has anyone tried the coffee machine in the principal's office? So she goes in and apparently drops out a bunch of quarters instead, quarters. Of, instead of coffee in the cups. So Susie, of course, also points out very smartly and very, very acutely that Dick is the ward of a millionaire – so why would he appreciate getting free money? Which totally makes sense. I mean, that, it's that's very the logical. best point made in this entire episode. Yeah, because of shame. course you don't care, Mister Smarty Pants and Mister Richie Rich. Yeah, millionaire and to you. Yeah, well, why would you care? Uh, and of course, Dick denies having anything to do with that. Which it's almost like they wrote that in there, and then like, oh shoot, that's too good of a point. We have to backtrack of that somehow. Oh yeah, they definitely cash in on that later. Which is very funny. Um, it is funny. So Batman arrives. At the school, and a bunch, and a mob comes out. Of course, they're only there to see Robin, which is funny. And Batman, of course, says he's in school also. And they're all like, "Where? Where?" And he's like, "I can't say that. I got to pre- preserve his secret identity." Sure. <laughs> which is pretty funny. He also tells them, "All right, don't touch the Batmobile," <laughs> and uh, they have to stay like 15 feet away or something. <laughs> and if it beeps, if the phone beeps, let him know. So it's kind of funny, all that stuff. That um. Kids are very respectful at this school. I guess. So he comes in, tells the student council about the Joker. Uh, that this is this is his reasoning for the Joker doing all this. It's apparently he's trying to convince the students to abandon their studies and drop out of school because they don't need to worry about money anymore. And dropouts are a great way to recruit um, future criminals. Just let that sit for a moment. <laughs> this is the plan of a villain in a Batman show. 
Yeah, this is far fetched even for this show. Why would a villain give away money at all? I know. Especially like, yeah, later on he's just robbing banks anyway. <sighs> Ian, I love this show and I oh. love the stupidity of this show and the far fetched and absurdity of this show. But this is pushing it. This is by far the dumbest thing. The dumbest reasoning any episode has had so far. And yeah, it just it makes no sense. It'll be interesting to see if anyone's later on take the mantle. But yeah, I'm you're sure right. they will at some point. I'm sure. We, yeah, I'm sure when they run out of ideas. Villains giving away money to potentially help hire more. Like, that makes no sense. Like, you're losing more money either way. Like, yeah. you're having to pay these people twice now. Pay to get yeah. them to drop out of school and then pay them when you hire them to be criminals. Like, it, no, no part of it makes sense. No. The only reason it's done is just to be a nice little PSA on why to stay in school, which is really the whole point of this episode. Pretty much. Uh, so then we cut to a bar where a drunk a drunk guy goes to a jukebox, puts in some money, but instead it pops open and there's a remote-controlled gun in there and the Joker's <laughs> voice uh, telling them that this is a stick-up and, and uh, nobody move. But it's not really even a remote-controlled rifle. It's just going back and forth. Yeah, plus all you have to do, it, like, it, it, sw- it swivels back and forth, so all you have to do is, like, duck, and it right. won't shoot you. Yeah, it doesn't really move up or down or no. anything, but everyone's very terrified. They don't want to get shot. And then two thugs come in and raid the catch fester. Now, again, I want to pause here. We've already talked about the brilliance of having just a little gun there that just goes back and forth. But this is my favorite part about this plan. This plan involved having a drunk person mosey over to the jukebox and put money in there. And they and then so, now Joker had to be sitting at the controls ready to talk through the thing and the thugs had to be waiting outside to come in. How did they know when a drunk guy was going to just happen to put a thing in the jukebox? Yeah, or better yet, why not just have the goons go in there with guns and hold everybody up? (laughs) That's the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why do we have to have this jukebox here at all? I I feel like because they had to go with the 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 theme of this episode of like machinery, like going haywire, like yeah, like well, we've got all the vending machines like going weird, so now the jukebox is like uh, hacked or whatever. Yeah, it's it's not great. It it makes no sense. Even by Batman standards, it makes even less yeah. sense. Um, so anyway, we're back at Batman at the school, and he's showing him slides of the Joker now. Uh, but then, as he's telling, talking about the Joker's flower, the picture of the and the Joker's flower goes off, and the Joker is just hiding behind the projection screen. The door didn't open. No one saw him walk in or anything. No, he's just he's just there. Sorry, this is the ultimate. Uh, level of stealth this Joker right here. Yeah, seriously. This is like out of the prestige. Like, my it's God. It's impressive. Um, so he, of course, is there and he's like, no one can do anything. There's no proof that any of this stuff is, is me. And uh, then they're like, well, we got to hold him on something. We know he's the Joker. So one of the kids is like, well, he's loitering on school property. <laughs> Batman's like, of course. Pulls out the back cuffs and he's like, this arrestable fence of like whatever fine and like five years in prison. Which seems a little steep for lo- loitering. God but, damn. um, 
And and then Joker's like, no, 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 no. You have to you have to be in one place for more than two minutes, and time isn't up yet. And of course, Batman and Robin's like, gosh, how dare you outsupport <laughs> this? And Batman's like, this. Oh, we've been foiled by jailhouse lawyer. Lawyer, like, yeah. It's like, what? No, that's this is the law of yeah. anyone to recognize this. It should be Batman and Robin. Well, I mean, I, mean, they I do, guess they yeah. do. I mean, they begrudgingly, yeah. But they're so angry about it. And of course, <laughs> the reason why he's there is he says, "Just remember, I'm here," and then leaves. And of course, they deduce that this must be for an alibi. And then Batman's even more mad with now that he's the alibi of the Joker. Sure. Uh, Batphone goes off. Batman, of course, runs out to get it, and Gordon tells him about the the bar that just got robbed, but the Joker has the alibi, because Batman saw him at the school while it was going on, and then he uh, goes over to Dick and is like, fake headache, and meet me in the Batcave. (laughs) (laughs) Basically play hooky. Yeah, pretty much. Not very very Batman-like to tell him, but... uh, And then he, of course, pleads with the kids to stay, you know, stay studying and stay in school, and nothing in life is free. Goes off to the bar. Uh, Joker's back, and of course, we're told by the narrator that his two thugs are high school dropouts, um, naturally. And one of them is counting everything out, and the other one's working on a different, like, bowling game. It's like skee ball or something. Yeah, kind of, yeah. That'll, you know, emit some gas or whatever on the third strike. And uh, then Susie shows up. So here's the swerve. Actually, Susie, bad guy. She's part of the gang, and she. But she's really only the bad guy just to get a bunch of stuff from the Joker. Yeah. Um. They're using know. her. Yeah. 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 And uh, and she can use her position as student council. Apparently, that just. Again, you get that just from being head cheerleader, and and, it, and that gives you free access to like everything. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Okay. Um, I also love the fact that she goes to the Joker in this crime thing to get a bunch of just random stuff when. I mean, wouldn't it be easier to just like date Rick, like Dick Grayson or something who's really wealthy, ward of a billionaire who already likes you? Wouldn't that be a better way? But, you know, that's just anyway. That, maybe I'm overthinking you're, you're it. You're using here. logic here. Yeah, I know. I need to stop that. Um, and then she has stolen exa- like school exams from the uh, principal's safe. Uh, and then Joker gives her like some bracelets and stuff, a bunch of nice things um, in return. And uh, back at the Batcave, of course, he couldn't find any evidence at the bar, but he knows the school has to be some sort of part of it. So they stake out the school. And, uh, you know, it's nighttime, and Susie's just randomly there. Of course, she's there actually, me- you know, messing with the coffee machine again. Yeah. And uh, But then they show up, and they aren't really concerned with her being there. She no, they just, don't really think of anything She just other. says she saw someone... Like, over there, and then leaves. And uh, they go to a machine, a milk machine, and they think it's been tampered with, so they put a thing in, and and, it, and then out of the machine comes these, like, metal leg cuffs? grabbers, and they wrap around the, yeah, they're like leg grabbers, and they lock onto the dynamic duo's legs, and then gas comes out and knocks them out. Yeah, of course, laughing, or... Knockout gas, yeah. All right. Sure. Um, I'll play along. Good thing they fall, like, against the machine and not backwards. Yeah, not backwards, like, snap their spines. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. So that worked (laughs) out. Um, And then they're 
so they wake up and they're in electric chairs inside yeah. of a truck uh, that apparently the Joker had made for them. Um, and apparently they mentioned like it was made for like a Central American dictator. Oh God! Or something, which is weird. Also, like they're actually hooked up to electric chairs. This yeah. isn't like some goofy, you know, thing or whatever. Like this is legit method of execution, execution. Yeah. that they're actually hooked up to. And uh, there's a slot machine hooked up to it. And the Joker comes up over the uh, has a little microphone and is talking through it with Susie there as well. But apparently, it's supposed to distort their voices, but. It Mary doesn't. <laughs> yeah, Mary know the joke is behind everything. And uh, and it says that if the machine, they're going to run the the slot machine, and if three lemons comes up, they're going to be hit with 50,000 volts of electricity. They also say there's like Liberty Bells, which gets them free and $50,000 cash. Oh. And then free, uh, three oranges, which uh, freeze them as well. Now, there's like 90 other options that it could land on. Like, it could not do three in a row, but right. none of that's mentioned. Apparently, it's only going to land on three in a row of either of these three. Uh, maybe they have it rigged. Yeah, yeah well, I'm sure. But, because uh, apparently the lemons, though, are most likely. Of course. So, we see them start to go. The first two lemons come up, and that's where the episode ends on the cliffhanger. Uh, so, the next episode starts up, and, you know, the thing's spinning third lemon is probably going to land but then the power goes out lucky now remember at the beginning of the episode the politician talking Bruce Wayne talked about there were regular blackouts going on so that is why this happens <laughs> yeah it's literally like ham fisted in there like in freaking Batman vs Superman where you have like Anderson Cooper saying you know they're fighting in the city luckily everyone went home for the day like, <laughs> it's on right, that level right. Um, and then of course the police are coming up. So Joker, you know, he, they need to just leave. They need to, need to get out of there. He uses yeah. a great term, cheese it, which apparently is a term from like the 1920s. So it was already dated. Like I know at this point, which <laughs> is pretty God. funny. Um, and, uh, so then, then the cops are able to, to free Batman and Robin. So cops actually do something. So well, in this yeah. episode, uh, and then, of course, all the power's out. So police headquarters has candles everywhere. And Batman uh, had a microphone on him, though. So he was able to record everything. Um, and, of course, it can't hold up in court. But they also found a way where they can track sound waves, uh, voice print patterns, or some crap like that. Sure. So uh, I think they use that in Mission Impossible. Uh, oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they're gonna they they can go back to the Batcave, which works because they have uh uh advanced anti crime backup generator, something <laughs> like that. And I love how when they leave, like Commissioner Chief O'Hara mentions, like, "Oh, thanks to Batman and his uh, super technology, like a a generator was like futuristic technology." I guess back then, <laughs> I I guess. But anyway, um. So they're 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 there and they're listening to the tape and but they find out that the voice of the other the other voice on the tape is the voice of Susie. So and they so that's dun, how dun, they dun. know that she's part of Joker's game. Robin's just crushed, man. Oh, of he course. is crushed. So dun, this up. is where Bat they come up with a plan and because uh, he knows where Susie hangs out. So Batman tells Robin that Dick Grayson is gonna have to go undercover and oh, try man. and get into Joker's gang. So a little <laughs> interesting here. 
but he goes undercover as a greaser. I'm getting to this. <laughs> he shows up to this candy store uh, where apparently, like, the cool kids are hanging out. Yes. He's wearing a leather jacket, gloves, and <laughs> jeans to show that he's, you know... A bad boy. He's cool bad boy now. Now, remember, Ian, this took place in 1966. This was not the cool look at the time, which uh, we no, might this... forget... Because sometimes when you watch old stuff, you just think, oh, that's old stuff, and you just go with it. No, no, no. Right. This was not accurate to yeah, this no. time period. I Sorry, don't understand like why this old. is happening. Yeah, I guess it's like, maybe it's like a um, like a jab at like Dick and, and Bruce. For like, that's their idea of like what a, a cool like bad boy would look like. Because <laughs> oh, they're so man. like, you know, innocent, it, I guess. I guess uh, he sets up a little camera there, which Batman is able to watch on the in the Batmobile, um, and uh, which which I do love. If you noticed, he puts the thing like on the 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 counter, counter yeah. facing like Susie and and I think the other guy's name is Nick. Nick, yeah, over there. But Batman's looking at it like facing Dick Grayson. Yeah, it's a classic like different camera angle, right? Uh, and he's just playing, he's just doing the, the worst acting ever, trying to he's, play a grease, which is like the best acting by Burt Ward, having oh, to yeah. act like a bad acting Robin, which is, it's, it's, it's just great. Yeah, um, it's, it's straight out of Seinfeld, where George Costanza is trying to be a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Where He's wearing like a Letterman jacket. <laughs> and they're all totally not convinced. No. Like, what? No, you're like the goody goody uh, son of a rich billionaire. Why in the world would you want to do this? And he's like, well, actually, Bruce Wayne is, he never gives Jeez. me anything. Yeah. I'm, you know, I got to steal dimes from the butler for my <laughs> cigarette money. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you smoke? Well, here, have this one. <laughs> and then Dick's like, all right. And I love it. Cuts to Batman, and you see yeah. him, like, bracing with this. Like, <laughs> oh, no, he's going to smoke. Like, oh, it's great. Yeah, that, that, that definitely is the best part. <laughs> he takes, like, one puff and, like, immediately starts gagging. And he's like, I've already he's like, had oh, two I packs. I've already had two packs a day. <laughs> oh, it's it funny. It was um, a great scene. It's the best part of the episode by far. Oh, for sure. And uh, so Susie is, I guess, convinced, and she wants to, like, offer him a place there, but Nick doesn't, he doesn't quite buy it. Yeah. And uh, he tells him, all right, we'll go to this bar that was robbed, and then, then you'll you'll be able to find some money around three. And uh, Susie, of course, like, well, what, why are you doing that? But Nick's like, nah, he definitely is faking. He's never smoked before. Again. Sure. The other smartest person in this show, Nick. I mean, it's obvious, yeah. This is a college dropout, and Dick Grayson is the star student in college, and I would say Nick is smarter than Dick Grayson. Just I mean, saying. He's, he's street smart. I'm still saying he's smarter than Dick Grayson. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Batman says, like, oh, you did a great job. Uh, but, of course, you know, we got to go to the bar but but he also says he's like all right well it's gonna be a trap and dick's like wait what how do you know that it's like come on you were not very convincing <laughs> yeah he's, but he's also like but it's also a good thing because it means like you know you could you're not familiar with that type of like right bad right but it's a good yeah but it's 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 spun as a good thing <laughs> uh so they're back there joker has the jukebox set up but of course batman and robin are are ready a little and gun comes out 
Yeah, the little thing comes out and the Joker talks about it. Or is talking to them. But uh, Joker shoots, but of course Batman's ready with a bat shield. And Which that being like that being like the way he like assembles it or like unfolds is pretty impressive. It is, and it fits in his belt. It does, yeah. It actually seems like practical. And uh, of course it's bulletproof, so deflects that and then the the jukebox blows up yeah he Bat- throws a freaking grenade at it oh yeah that's when batman says he saw it coming because uh he knew how dick was just definitely not good with the cigarettes yeah, he knew that. nick knew yeah yeah that that's where he he uh reveals that and they're they're concerned about Susie though because they know this can't be her fault and she's gonna be in danger right so they go back to school there's a big game tonight woodrow roosevelt Versus the best high school name of all time, <laughs> Discotech. Ian, have you ever heard of a high school n- with a tech on it? Oh No, yeah, I was about to say, I've never heard of a high school with a name tech in it. Me neither. But, but nonetheless, let alone Disco, now, any part of it. An- the best part about it is Disco is spelled D-I-S-K-O. So don't get it confused with the music style that's... Uh, not even really years, popular yeah, yet. Ten years too late. That's no, well, not too late. It hasn't or really gotten early. popular yeah, yeah, yeah. yet. It's a little early um, for that. So that's the best part. Disco Tech, greatest name ever. Um, and of course, that's where Robin assumes Susie's going to be practicing. Uh, Roosevelt's a huge favorite, twenty to one, and Joker places a fifty thousand dollar bet um, with his bookie on Disco Tech. So that'll net him like a million bucks. Yeah. Um. And uh, so the, the Batman and Robin are trying to convince Susie to turn herself in, but she doesn't want to. And then she uses the perfu- perfume Joker gave her, which of course is poison. So they have to run her off to the hospital. It's great because like they're like they're like okay, we have to go after her. And she walks into the the ladies' room or the girls' like, dressing room, and like ah, we can't go in there. <laughs> Foiled. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, she comes back out. Yeah, it's just very nice. Otherwise, she'd be dead. Oh yeah. Uh, so then you see the uh. The basketball, basketball team. team, and they go to the milk machine, and out come the test dancers. And then there's Joker <laughs> with a camera Photographer, to yeah. take pictures, and that's how they're going to get him not to play by blackmailing him, <laughs> incriminating and, them. Yeah. yeah, and sending this to the school board to where then they'll be kicked off the team. Which again is like who who keeps letting Joker just wander into this high school? I I I don't I don't know I I don't <laughs> understand, but um so. That happens, but of course, Batman and Robin are there, and they they fight, and uh, and also those were fake answers because Batman and Robin knew that he was going to do that, so they had already switched them out, so that there's no need for them to worry. So yeah, their reputations are tarnished. They beat up the Joker and the henchmen, and uh, also awesome awesome moment where Batman uses Batarang to Joker's head again, which again we don't see enough of. So I, I'm always a fan of that whenever that does happen. And of course, we get another nice little speech of sticking to studies. And, um, yeah, pretty much. And that's all. That's all. You know, th- this is the result of easy living is looking at the Joker's <laughs> unconscious body. Yeah, life uh, of crime. And then Su- Susie has to go to jail, which is very sad. But apparently it's just a, like a juvenile detention center, of course, run by the Wayne Foundation. Of course. And uh, Bruce even sends, the, sends her to her there like in a, in a limo, which is interesting. That's yeah, not bad at all. Um, so it ends kind of nice, you know. So Yeah, again, not her fault. Right, right. It's never the poor, unsuspecting girls who are with the villains. It's never their fault. 
<laughs> but they're, they're but the problem is it's because they're too dumb to know any better. Yeah, at one point I forget what like I forget Mick calls her something. He calls her like a like a cheerleading like dunce or something. I'm like, I oh, don't know. yeah, they're they're not very nice to to females in this show. Not back in the day. No, no, unfortunately. Um, let's see some other good, interesting, or some other some other interesting things. Uh, the Joker's bookie, his name is Pete the Swede. Oh yeah, which is a riff on Jimmy the Greek. Oh, okay. Obviously, famous bookie from back in the day. Um, and uh, let's see, one of the Joker's henchmen is played by Kip King, who's a longtime character actor and voiceover actor. He was one of the Smurfs, um, oh. on the Smurfs, and also uh, the father of comedian uh, Chris Catton, who I don't know who that is, but that's one of the trivia things here. Oh, is it Chris? Is that isn't he? Um. The uh, Chris Kattan isn't he the uh, yeah, Night of the Roxbury? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think you're right. Um, let's see. In 1981, Antonio Camano uh, and Ferdin- uh, Fernando Petinati. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, they did a silly dub of the already dubbed Portuguese version of this episode. With silly and raunchy dialogue. Um, and apparently you can find that on the internet. I don't know. I Again, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but that's on the trivia thing here. And that's all the trivia things that okay. are here. So there's not really yeah, yeah. not really not much here. The best part is Dick Grayson pretending yeah. to be a, a 1950s greaser in 1966 <laughs> to be a bad guy and not being able to smoke. But Batman's yeah, still cringing when he gives him the cigarette. <laughs> yeah. That's... Uh, that's that's fantastic for sure. So, that's definitely the highlight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess uh, final thoughts on this episode, Ian. Uh, not great. Uh, definitely <laughs> not great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. Not great. We're not, not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, of course, you know, we have our biases when it comes to this show and the animated series, but you know, you got to call them as you see them. And of course, Cesar Romero is great. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but there's not really anything for him to even do. No, like, again, like, I feel like you could have done, like, probably any other villain. And I, that, yeah. That's probably what it is. Like, they, they came up with the idea, and it's like, well, this doesn't really fit any of their MOs. Or it's like, oh, well, the Joker's popular. People always like him. Yeah, okay. Maybe they just had, like, the dates matched up with Cesar Romero's schedule or something. That, too, yeah. They had a, they had access to the high school set or whatever. Yeah, like, I, almost, okay. I almost feel like this episode would be better if it wasn't the Joker, and it was someone else. Probably yeah, just invent a freaking villain. It just seems kind of wasted on the Joker an episode like yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's kind of too bad. The Mad Hatter one's definitely better than oh for sure than this yeah, one. Yeah, that was a good one. But uh, still not terrible, but definitely not as good as some of the other episodes we've seen. No. Um. All right. So that that does it for uh, us talking about that. Coming up though, next week we're back in the animated series, and uh, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna go from uh not great episode to great episode to okay episodes it's an interesting collection we got um we started off with i've got batman in my basement and then oh, heart yeah. of ice and the then ice. the the two-part cat in the claw which was actually the first aired uh batman that's right yeah animated series episode so uh some interesting dynamics there we're gonna see catwoman for the first time yeah i and, love the, uh, i love this Catwoman. yeah fantastic catwoman for sure 
in the animated series. So that's what we're going to get to next week. Um, also, Movie Swap, of course. Follow us on Twitter at Uncaped Review. You can also follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. You can follow me at Ian Bark Bark. So go ahead and uh, do that. I post all the links to all the episodes and also post a bunch of other thoughts on terrible Disney Star Wars and... It's mainly what it is. Yeah. Batman new. Yeah, it's whatever's going on at the time, and right now it's Star Wars. Um, hopefully coming up it'll be more bat, uh, the Batman news. And also some movie appreciation. Before that comes on. Yeah, and of course, yeah, movie stuff too when yeah. when, when we're watching movies and whatnot. But uh, all right, that does it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Mark. I'm Ian. Have a great week.